0: Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Welcome back to Looking Above. My name is Karen Boffman. This is my friend, Brooklyn Alm. Hi. And we are so glad that you are with us today. We are spending this fall semester, it's our life group semester, talking about resilience. And we're digging into Rebecca Lyons' book, Building a Resilient Life. And so this week, we have been landing in Chapter 7 in yep. her book, which talks about preaching to yourself. And so we're going to spend some time just kind of diving into that, looking at that. Um, to me, it's kind of a funny topic to talk about because I, I'm a pastor and my husband is a pastor. And so I feel like there's a lot of preaching that goes on in my home all the time. (laughs) And my kids are like, oh, I'm getting the pastor, mom, you know? Yeah. So this, this, um, this is important though, because everyone doesn't have a pastor in their house. Mm -hmm. You don't have someone who's going to preach to you in all of these situations. And so we need to learn to preach to ourselves and, Let's let's talk about that. Let's get into this a little bit, and we're going to start with Scripture today.
1: Yeah. We're going to start with Romans 12, one, verses 1 through 2. So it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will mm-hmm.
0: and i think if you have been around the church for any length of time you've probably heard this verse quoted yeah. you've probably heard sermons on it you yeah. know we we look at this regularly this week actually not because i was prepping for this i um the other night i just spent a long time reading and rereading this whole this whole Uh, chapter is excellent pastoral advice, just really, really good stuff and talks about, you know, how we live in the face of adversity and how we respond to those that we would call our enemies and how we live in the church. There's just a lot of good stuff in these verses, but I just kept reading these two verses over and over and over the other night, looking at this, um, you know, this is your true and proper worship. Back it up. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God.
1: Yeah, there's so much in Mm -hmm. just these two verses even Mm -hmm. that you could.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when we consider worship Mm -hmm. and, you know, we often just think about a Sunday morning and coming in and singing. And I thought, even if we just looked at that, which is what our society or most churchgoers would consider worship, which this is talking way beyond that, Right. right? Like, Everything we do offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, which means set apart to God, like for God's use and pleasing to God. So if, if we just look at like what we do in worship, how often are we just giving our whole self and saying, God, may my worship, may the way that I, my body moves, may the way that I sing, may the way that my mind is thinking and focused right now in this time of worship. May that be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you.
1: Yeah, that's good. Even if you just – I had actually not thought of that. I thought of it more deeply. But even if you take it simply, like how often are you just giving yourself right. during worship at church? right. right. And that's simple. Versus <laughs> –
0: thinking about yourself, thinking about, oh, my voice just cracked. Oh, should I put my hands up? Should I not? What are the people around me thinking? What are the people around me doing? Like Mm -hmm. we get so focused on everything in the here and now that we probably aren't even doing this in what we would call our times of worship.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I love, I mean, it takes me a second. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's good that we do like three to four songs because Mm -hmm. it does, I have to like actually, intentionally, intentionally, consciously do that. It doesn't right. just happen because there is right. so much going on around us. I just rushed to get to church with my children and my husband. And so it is hard mm-hmm. to like actually give yourself to right. God and worship right. him that right. way.
0: And that's like one...
1: 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. of our week, right? I know, which is so like like then, kind of sad. I'm feeling convicted right now. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And that's what, that's where I was the other night. But then you take this and, you know, okay let's just flesh this out, just staying in the worship space, right? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. So don't, don't be, don't conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world would say in that time, in that worship space, it is okay to be distracted, right? Our world is very distracted. It is okay to be Mm self-focused. Oh, I don't like this song. Mm -hmm. Like we've all probably been guilty of that. Like, ugh. Waymaker again? Like, mm.
1: you're speaking from experience. Sorry, not my favorite. (laughs) Right. So
0: like we, so we can be self-focused. We can focus on the circumstances rather than the act of worship. Right. So, oh man, the room is really hot today. Like, gosh, why aren't they turn on the air conditioning? Whatever. Like, so distraction and grumbling and complaining and self-focus, like all of these things play into this when it's saying don't conform to the pattern of the world, like we're not supposed to live like the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's where we get to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. today. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in those moments, and we're going to flesh this out a little bit more, we have got to take our thoughts captive.
1: Yeah. But can we say like when you do, when you get into that place of worship, do you not feel your mind being renewed? Like mm-hmm. when you are, are giving yourself right. and receiving from God, right. I, you do. You feel lighter and you feel your mind Mm -hmm. being renewed. I do at least when I'm actually in that space of worship with the right intentions.
0: So let's just talk really practically because now that we've opened this worship can of worms, like how do we do this in that moment, right? So what, what steps do I take? What steps do you take when we get into worship to be able to live this way as a sacrifice that this time of worship would be pleasing to God, focused on God. So for me, one of the things I try and do as much as possible. Now this takes listening to worship music at home Mm -hmm. is I close my eyes during worship. The only way I can sing at church is if I know the songs. So I have to listen to the worship music on my own time yeah. so that I know the words so that I can close my eyes. Because when I close my eyes, I'm not distracted by how the people on stage are dancing or not dancing. I'm not distracted by looking at the people around me. Are their hands up? Are they down? I'm not looking at, you know, whatever is going on in the room. When I close my eyes, then I can say, God, help my attention be on you.
1: Yeah. Which so is, that's one thing I do. Yeah. Which that's, I actually get dizzy if I close my eyes. Um, (laughs) I really do. So, but one thing that I do is I do pray and I ask God Mm -hmm. to bring my attention to him, especially on those mornings where my mind is racing. Mm -hmm. um, And I find that helps. Or Mm -hmm. I spend time really just praying Mm -hmm. um, and talking to him at Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And then that helps My focus.
0: Right, right. The other thing I try to do is really focus on the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. easy to sing songs Mm -hmm. and not pay attention to what we're even singing. You know, we can just get swept up in the emotion, but not really listen or focus our brains on those words. And so I've been trying really hard to do that. And so even in those songs that I maybe wouldn't be my choice, like I don't love this melody or it's too repetitive, whatever bugs me about that song, been trying to choose like, what is this song actually proclaiming about God? And then try to change my heart so that I'm saying those words to God, singing those words to God, like, wow, you know, what a beautiful name it is. Yes. Like, God, your name is beautiful. And there's a reason that these lyrics were chosen. Yeah, there's
1: truth in every song that we're going to sing here. Right.
0: And so trying to make those words then be the meditation of my heart. And actually, I am singing them to God, not just I'm singing. I'm focusing on singing this to you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And And it does, like you said, the meditation of your heart, it does change our heart posture. And then I'm able at least to receive Mm -hmm. during the sermon as Mm -hmm. well. So once my heart posture is there.
0: Yeah. Years ago, I think I was at a funeral actually, but uh, the pastor was talking about a worship leader and how... Um, Every time she would come to lead worship, she would pray with, you know, with her band and she would always say, um, God, give us a fresh encounter with you. Give us a new experience of you. Help me to see you more clearly. Help me to see you differently because of this time of worship. And so that's the other thing that I would try and do as I try to focus my heart, preach to myself, get my brain off of whatever has been happening prior to coming into that space so that in that moment I am authentic in my worship to God. So God help this time to just be about you. Show me yourself, whatever. So, um, all right. So we've, we've kind of worked our way around that just in the worship space, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about this. You know, the, the key here is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. um be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is where we're getting into this whole concept of preaching to ourselves is that we have conformed to the pattern of the world in the way that we think and we need to be transformed. We need to allow our minds to be renewed to let God change the way we think. And we've talked a lot about neural pathways yeah. and you know the fact that our brains can be trained to think negatively. Mm -hmm. So let's just think for a minute. And we kind of talked about this even coming into worship, but how, how does our world think? What kinds of thought patterns are normal thought patterns in our society right now?
1: One that comes to mind is like being the victim.
0: Everything
1: is out to get me and it's Mm -hmm. for me about Mm -hmm. everything, which also leads to like complaining or Mm -hmm. negative Mm -hmm. negativity. I
0: think complaining is huge. I feel like I am just seeing and hearing so much complaining right now. And I'm thinking that is partly a factor of social media, right? Mm -hmm. So now everyone feels like we've all got a voice all the time and we can just put out into the world, whatever we're thinking about, whomever it goes along with cancel culture, right? Like, I don't like what you're saying, so I'm going to cancel, you know. So we've gotten into this habit. Our culture has gotten into this habit of just saying negative things, complaining and negativity towards other people, whatever.
1: It's a terrible space that we live in. It is. And then we also have like the self-serving. Like there's an aspect of that that is self-serving. Like you're not doing exactly what I want or saying what I want then I'm going to tell you and everyone else. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. is a bad thought pattern. And that's kind of what I think we really want to focus on is these thought patterns that we we get into a space Mm -hmm. of believing. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to get out of. And that's when you need to preach to yourself. Right.
0: And as believers, you know, we need to preach to ourselves. We need to know scripture. And we're going to talk more about that Mm -hmm. probably next week. But You know, scripture talks against all of these things that we're saying, you know, do everything without complaining or arguing that's scripture, (laughs) do everything without complaining or arguing. But what do we do? Like, that's all we do in our society right now is complain and argue. And our, our way is the right way. And my way is the best way. And I'm going to argue with you. And we, We just have gotten swept up in this social tide of self-centered negativity.
1: Mm -hmm. Even about little things, it kind of Mm -hmm. blows my mind how even simple little things that really don't affect you become suddenly this huge deal Mm -hmm. and need to be... Mm -hmm. Voiced. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't totally understand that. I'm not going to lie, right. but, yeah. um, yeah, as, as Christians, I'm
0: just going to tell us why this is important as Christians, we are called to live differently. And that's what this is talking about when it's talking about offering your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. We are to be set apart. We are to live differently. And, you know, if you want a scripture reference, go look at Philippians chapter two. We are called to lay aside the way we want things for the good of God, the good of the church, the good of the people around us. Like Philippians two tells us that we're to humble ourselves, that we are to put others, others ahead of ourselves, that we're supposed to do that in like a um Really aggressive manner. Like, I'm supposed to make it my mission to serve you and to love you well. And instead, as a church, we're all about serving ourselves and pleasing ourselves and things working my way. And so, you know, as God's people, the world is watching us. I was just reading just a little tiny bit of a book that I'm um, reading for a holiness class that I'm starting on Monday. And it was just talking about the world wants. God's people to be like God. The world is watching us. They want us to be holy. They want us to do it right. Like they, they're kind of cheering us on, but then what happens is we fail. And so then they're going to point it out. We need to live like God, like this is our mission and our whole mission stakes on how we behave. Yeah. And how we behave is all staked on how we think.
1: I agree. agree. And I do think too that those things that you mentioned, like humbling ourselves, serving others before ourselves, all of those mm-hmm. things, we have to die to our flesh to be mm-hmm. able to do them. It's mm-hmm. not just something that happens. Right. That's why it takes intention, right. and that's why we have right. to preach to ourselves.
0: Right. And our um, society, as we're becoming more self focused, we're we're doing this to our children. Oh yeah. Like we're creating this monster. <laughs> like if our children are self-focused, it's because we have created them that way. And so, um, this, you know, we've got to, as the parents, we've got to hone it back in, retrain our brains, preach to ourselves, get our thinking right, because we're, we're leading the next generation sure. down this very selfish path. So, um, on page ninety-three in the book, she says, "To renew our minds is to actively trade our limited thinking for God's perfect and comprehensive thinking." To renew our minds is to actively trade our limited thinking for God's perfect and comprehensive thinking. This is this is key. This is vital. That's you know that's what renewing our minds is. Is we've got to realize the way that we think about things humanly mm-hmm. is limited. Yep. God has a way better way of thinking about things.
1: So how would you do that? How would you trade your limited thinking for mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. perfect and comprehensive thinking?
0: Yeah. So we've got a few steps here that, we, that we've that we come up with. Um, the first thing, I think, is that we have to become aware of our thoughts. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, which sounds so simple, right? It's like, oh, I know what I'm thinking. When you actually start paying attention, there is so much that goes on in your subconscious that you have no idea. <laughs> or at least me, I had oh, no idea before absolutely. I started being aware of it. Absolutely. And
0: I still do this sometimes. Mm-hmm. I you know, I told you, I was walking through the lobby of the church yesterday, and my mind was just racing from one thought to the next thought, like, bing, bang, boom, go, 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 go. And all of a sudden, I was like, I just... Stopped dead in the middle of the church lobby and was like, what am I even thinking right now? Mm -hmm. Like, what is going on? Like, where am I in this whole train that I have just jumped on? And how did I get here? Yeah. So, yes, it is. It's easier said than done because we do. Most of us have a very active inner thought life mm-hmm. um I am told that there are some people who don't have you seen that no, there are some people who don't have an inner monologue
1: okay but this actually makes sense I kind of wonder if Stephen my husband <laughs> yes. because I always am like what are you thinking and he'll be like nothing like, nothing what <laughs> how can you be thinking? <laughs> <nothing>? yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes okay so yes there I have seen videos I've watched videos on this and there it's said that there are some people who claim that they don't have an inner monologue. Most of us do. So we're talking okay. to you.
1: <laughs> Even not you. So we're talking to those <laughs> of us that do
0: have this inner monologue, yeah. right? So most of us just, our thoughts are going, going, going. And there are times, right, when we recognize, oh, wow, my brain is spiraling on this or I've been just been rehashing that conversation 52 times.
1: Do you know what I notice first before I notice my thoughts is I notice my feeling. Mm. So if I start getting anxious or I will, lit- I did this last night. I was mm-hmm. laying in bed and I was feeling so restless and anxious. And I was like, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. And I actually had to go back through mm-hmm. my thoughts. I went worked my way backwards and I yeah. figured out I was thinking about something yeah. that had sparked anxiety, but I wasn't consciously thinking right. about it. Right. And I was like, But it hey, had triggered one why. thought, which triggered mm-hmm. the next
0: and which and triggered a- anxious yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, I pay so that's good. Yes. So first. pay attention to how you're feeling. That's a great, great thing. Um, Yeah. Some of it is, we were saying just being aware, right? Mm -hmm. So now we've called your attention to it. So for the next few days, maybe just do that. Just every now and again, be like, what am I thinking about right now? Like stop the train Mm -hmm. and assess where you're at, where you're going. And Um, I think
1: it's important, especially maybe not especially, but also with other people Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed it a lot in my home with Mm -hmm. my children, even a baby (laughs) or my husband. Like, I mean, if I'm woken up in the middle of the night by my baby, my first thought sometimes is like, are you serious? Like you're hungry again. But Mm -hmm. I noticed that I became aware of it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. why am I blaming my three month old for being hungry? (laughs) That is silly. (laughs) Self-serving. Right. Um, right. But I had that thought automatically and I had to capture it because it's not... It's not um, good or true, which we're going to talk about later. Um, But I do it with my children and my husband. I mean, and you could do it with friends, with your boss, like anybody. People
0: on the street. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, So we need to start by realizing what we're thinking. And I think that's a really great point because we're all thinking all the time. And are the thoughts that you're thinking about others good and true and positive and helpful or are you constantly thinking ill of others questioning their motives thinking the worst of them and you know this this can happen anywhere right someone cuts us off in traffic Mm. someone um is screaming at their kid in the store someone you know like we just we run into people all the time we see things going on and oftentimes our first thought is probably judgmental um, yeah. Our first thought is probably negative, like, why'd they do that to me? Why are they doing that? I can't believe they did that. You know, we, we have these kind of thoughts that are negative thoughts. And so we need to realize, what am I thinking? And yeah. is there a way to start reframing some of those thoughts and start just thinking the best of others. And you said something to me earlier that I was like, so good. So often it happens in cars. Yeah. And you said, if I saw this person face-to-face,
1: would I have that same response? Yeah. I feel like God has been teaching me this since yesterday. (laughs) Or I haven't been listening. Yeah. Well, Um, what happened yesterday? Okay. So first of all, confession. I am not, I am, I'm one of those people that I go to judgment and Mm -hmm. God has been teaching me and convicting me seriously since yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I was in my car by Marshall's and I had just loaded my daughter up and put her wheelchair away and my three month old was crying and oh my gosh, it was a lot. And I was so overwhelmed. And then my daughter's like, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. (laughs) So I pull over to the side of the parking lot at Marshall's and I'm looking through my bag for these drinks. And, um, this woman, Is (laughs) driving and I guess she wants to be exactly where I was and I, which is fine, but I was not paying attention because I was looking for these drinks and she throws her arms up and is yelling at me and I felt, I was like, oh my goodness, like if you only knew, right. Where I'm at right now. Right. I
0: have a screaming yeah. baby. I have a yelling daughter who's in a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so flustered. I was just trying to right.
1: get socks for my son, okay?
0: <laughs> right.
1: And so. And if you had been in the middle yes, of Marshalls. And that's where I, w- I had the thought. I was like, yeah. if you saw me like outside of my car and how I was struggling, because you have no idea, you can't see what's going on in here. You would not, I would assume, would not throw your hands up and yell at mm-hmm. me. You would have compassion probably for me. Um, and. I realized God showed me that I do that too. And even this morning I was driving my daughter to school and we have a 20 minute drive. We come in on the highway and it's 70 miles per hour and I'm usually running behind. So I'm going 70 (laughs) and somebody pulled out in front of me and was going like 50. And my first thought, Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? You could have waited till I passed you all these things. (laughs) And it was a thought process again. And God instantly was like, excuse me? Like, what did you just think about yesterday? What is going on in their car? You have no clue. Right. If they would have walked in front of you in Walmart and you saw, and then I passed him and saw he had a handy, handicap sticker. Mm. If I would have seen that in Walmart or, you know, any Right, if he was at driving church. a little buggy in How Walmart. How about at church? Right. Like, if someone would have cut me off at church walking, I would have been like, oh, I would not have had that thought process. Mm-hmm. But it's like we dehumanize people. When they get into a car. (laughs) Uh Or I also think it's true on screens. Oh, absolutely. I think we forget that they're humans and it's, yeah, it's not good.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, changing that thought is, is part of what we're, what we're getting to, but that we, we need to to start by recognizing what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is to take our thoughts captive. So what does this look like? Years ago, I read a book, um, that talked about filtering everything through Philippians 4, 8. Mm. And I will read that verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So for me, taking my thoughts captive means filtering my thoughts through this. So once I have a thought, you know, Oh, my word! That person cut me off. They're the worst person in the world. Like why would they do that? You know whatever mm-hmm. the thought is. so then it's recognizing, okay, I just thought this. The very first thing I think is, is this thought true
1: right, and it's not because you have no <laughs> idea what kind of person right they really I are. know nothing about <laughs> this person so So often, like we can,
0: you know, I used to have like lists of these words just around like true, right, pure, excellent, praiseworthy, admirable. Like I used to have this list and be like, I would keep it in front of me all the time while I was trying to train myself to do this, right? To take my thoughts captive. So I filter them through this. And so often I don't have to go past true. (laughs) Right. I could say, is this thought true if it's not done right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. stop that train <laughs> like this is not okay i can't keep thinking this way you know so um whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right pure lovely admirable like these words are such a great filter for us to put our thoughts through yeah. and when we do that when we think okay so maybe maybe we're thinking something hurtful about ourselves like ugh you're such an idiot You should not have said that. Like, that was dumb. Mm. Okay, is that true? Am I an idiot? Well, no. That is not true. even if you
1: believe that about yourself and believe it is true to
0: the next one, you know? Right, right, right. But let's take it back to to scripture and, yeah, and how yeah. do we know, you know, just because I true. think something, right, and this so, is what I tell yeah, my kids right. all the time, just because you think it, just because someone else says it mm. does not make it true. We hold truth up against God's word. <laughs> you're so right, Karen. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, Do, is that what God thinks about me? If that is not what God thinks about me, then it's not true. Does God ever think, oh, you're an idiot? No, God never thinks that about any of us. May he think, Oh, that was a little misguided, Karen, or you shouldn't have said that, you know? Yeah. And then that's where conviction comes in. And the Holy Spirit says, "Ooh, not the best choice. That hurts someone that was not loving. Okay. Well, then that's the truth. The truth is what I said, what I did was not loving. And so do I need to repent? Maybe. Do I need to confess? Maybe. Do I need to change my action the next time? Absolutely. But do I sit there and spiral on... You're an idiot. And this is where mm-hmm. I think so much of this preaching to ourselves can begin and end with this verse and with capturing our thoughts. Like, take those thoughts captive. And I'm, I don't know if it's Jenny, Ellen. Different people have talked about it in different ways, but, like, t- thinking of your thought as, like, a piece of paper, right? And you, like, crumple it up and throw it in the trash. Yep. Like, this is not true. Like, actually visualize it. Right. That. Visualize it. Like,
1: this is trash. Like, this is a trash <laughs> thought. Get rid of what it. What I liked is you said that you were training your Mm -hmm. brain to do that. Right. And so again, our flesh does not, I don't think, Mm. do this naturally. Mm -mm. And Mm -mm. so it is important to train. And that also means like training, you're not going to get it perfect the first day. Right. It takes time. And especially if you've had these negative thought patterns Mm -hmm. for most of your life, Mm -hmm. or even if you go back, like if your parents thought negatively or spoke spoke negatively, mm -hmm, it's going to take a lot to retrain your brain. And sometimes we might even need help with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you have very deep grooves of negative patterns. Yeah.
0: So let me reiterate what I just said a second ago. Just because you think it, just because someone else Mm. has said it, does not make it true. So good. Mm -hmm. I think that is vital to this conversation when we're talking about preaching ourselves, when we're talking about the renewing of our minds. And I want to add here, before we move on to the next step, that. The Holy Spirit plays a huge role in this and so does prayer. And so, yes, if you have those well ingrained, entrenched thought patterns that are extremely negative, God can do amazing mm-hmm. things. He can work in our lives and in our brains in in amazing ways. And, you know, he can do miraculous things. He can yeah. erase memories. He can erase thoughts. He can, you know, change and build those new pathways and so do not underestimate prayer in this process.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. For God's power. Yeah. He is powerful. Yeah. What's our next step? Our next step is <laughs> take inventory of what we are allowing in mm. and, and out too. Mm-hmm. That turns into out. So what is influencing our thoughts? Mm. And if you think about that, there's a lot that influences oh, yeah. your thoughts. Absolutely. Every day.
0: Absolutely. Let's think, okay, in any given day, what is influencing our thoughts? Um, First of all, I would say the people that we're hanging out with. Yes. Right? So if we live, work, you know, are in a toxic environment, that is going to create toxic thoughts Mm -hmm. and thought patterns. Um, So that's a huge one. For most of us, like if we just look at the statistics, social media and the internet, plays a huge role. Like, I don't even know what the statistics say, but it's hours a day that people spend on their phones, right? Or computers, whatever. So so
1: that's all going in. Hours. Yeah, it's all being input into your thoughts and your brain. Right. So what are you looking at there?
0: Um, What else? Music. Oh, yeah. Or even
1: podcasts. You could Mm -hmm. um, even go back to, yeah, podcasts. There's like serial killer podcasts Mm -hmm. and things like that. Right. Um, So what you're listening to while you're driving. And music, Mm -hmm. I think that I don't think music gets enough recognition because a lot Mm -hmm. of people will listen, and I'm not I'm not trying to like call anyone out, but we'll listen to. We need to assess that's (laughs) not um, praiseworthy, good, true, all of those things. Right. So maybe filter.
0: Your music. Yeah. Yeah. Your music, your podcasts, your movies, your shows
1: you watch on Netflix, yeah, Rebecca all of this. Talks about um, canceling subscri- some subscriptions. She doesn't mm-hmm. say to what, but mm-hmm. to certain streaming services mm-hmm. um, because they were too tempted to watch things that they knew wasn't the best thing that they could be putting right. into their minds. Right. And then you go back right. to like being a holy, living sacrifice yeah. Yeah. from the first verse.
0: Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> this is interesting because we, we do need to do this. And, you know, the Bible talks about our heart being the wellspring of life and guard your heart above all else. Right. And, um, I think some of us have become very callous to what we're allowing in. And we've allowed so much in that we will claim it doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. I've heard that so many times. In fact, my daughter right now is taking a class at college. They had to read a short story. And in this short story, there was a big part about, um, some, Pagan rituals sounded very satanic in nature. And it was detailing these rituals in this story. And Kalena was reading this and she called me and she's like, Mom, I can't finish. I'm not going to finish this. I don't even want to read about these practices. She says, I have an icky feeling. Mm-hmm. It's affecting my spirit. And she said, I'm not going to read it. And so she wrote her professor a email and said, I take guarding my heart very seriously. I can't I'm choosing to guard my heart right now and I'm not going to finish reading this. And I'm fine with taking a zero on the quiz tomorrow, whatever it takes, it's not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, yay. Yeah. I trained her well, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but then she went to class and her professor basically made her defend her stance to the class. And there was an onslaught at a Christian campus from these others saying, Don't be naive. It's not affecting us. Um, It's okay to read about it. We're not practicing it. Like all of these other things. And I just thought, you know, Kalena has taken very seriously guarding her heart for years now because she realized that she, in particular, is very sensitive to things, you know. And so she doesn't have social media. She makes some of these choices consciously, which yeah, you I never applaud. made. Her do any right, of it, yeah. I, I applaud that she's making those because she's like, I don't want things that are going to make me feel bad, negative. I don't want things that are going to open the door to the occult in my life, you know. Any of that, you know. She's just making these choices, and these other students are telling her Like, you're being ridiculous. And she's saying, I don't think I am. I think this is what I'm called to do. So there is a point at which we can become callous, where we've watched so many true crime shows, where we've watched so many horror films, where we've listened to music about, I don't, booty shaking for so long, (laughs) whatever it is, you know, that we're just like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just part of the environment. And we don't even realize how it's affecting our souls and our thoughts, it just, it just is. And it's, it doesn't affect me anymore. Well, that's because it's affected you for so long that you don't even recognize that it's affecting you. So what is influencing us? You know, you, you pulled that quote from her, we get to decide what we think, how we think, and which inputs we allow in and out.
1: I thought that was so good because it says we get to decide what we think. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think
1: a lot of people don't take ownership or responsibility of their thoughts Mm -hmm. when really it is your responsibility Mm -hmm. and you are in control as much as you don't think that you are. Right. And so I think that taking responsibility of that is important. Yeah. Yeah. And that,
0: you know, if we are constantly in a negative place, if we are constantly judging, if we are constantly criticizing, complaining, This is where we need to go back to. What have I allowed in my life that has led me to be this person? Mm. Is it the people I'm hanging with? Is it the shows I'm watching? Is it the music I'm listening to? What is doing that? You know, and there are certain um, video games that we've noticed that when Daniel plays them, then he becomes a more aggressive kid, right? So, you know, we need to go back and say, what if, if this is who I am, what has shaped that in me? And then maybe, you know, like Rebecca said, it's not just an inventory. Maybe it's time to clean house. Mm. Maybe you need to work somewhere different. (laughs) You know, maybe you need to change the way that your family talks to each other. Maybe you need to play different music in your home. Maybe you need to stop listening to certain podcasts. It all is affecting us. Mm -hmm. We can't say it's not.
1: And I think that there's always this pushback of like, even if we don't say it out loud like everyone else does it and they're fine mm-hmm. and then that's when we go back to we are supposed to be set apart right we are not supposed right. to look like everybody right. else
0: do not conform to the mm-hmm. pattern of this world right yes offer your bodies as a living sacrifice next yes. step i'm just hard <laughs> hard turn yep let's go gratitude yep <laughs> gratitude. So the verse in Philippians 4, 8 that we've already talked about, the verses right preceding those, um, when Kalina was little, she struggled a lot with anxiety from very, very little. And so these verses were verses that I had her memorize very young. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Don't be anxious, but in everything pray and be thankful. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is a powerful antidote to anxious and negative thoughts. It just is. And it's my go to in counseling when someone is struggling with anxiety. I will say to them, You need to start a gratitude journal. We, and it's again, it's about retraining our brains. It's
1: about preaching to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to teach ourselves to look for the good. Mm -hmm. And then if you do it every day, and it's going to, it will be hard at first. I did this years ago, Mm -hmm. but it was hard at first. And then eventually throughout your day, you can just notice simple things and be thankful for them. Yeah, And it is really retraining your brain. Right. I like that. I love I love these verses, but mm-hmm. it says what's going to happen. The peace of God, mm-hmm. will, which transcends all of our human understanding, mm-hmm. guards your hearts and minds in Christ right. Jesus. Right. So it's saying if you do this, this is what will happen. You it? will have a peaceful mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And, you know, just yesterday, um, there's some things going on with a couple of my kids right now. And so I was stewing on this yesterday. Like, I will be very frank. I was worrying about my children and, um, and you know how you were saying like your body response is what triggers you. So I was feeling kind of anxious in my gut. Like as I was going through the day, I was feeling anxious. And so I just kept praying and praying. You know, the first thing it says here is, you know, in every situation by prayer and petition, present your request to God. So I was just praying through the day, just praying for my kids, praying for the situation, praying for the other people involved, praying, praying, praying. I got to dinner time last night and I'm still feeling this kind of like low grade anxiousness, which is not a normal feeling for me. So I just was like, I knew I was off. And I said this out loud at my dinner table. So like you talked about inviting others in, you know, we talked about that the other week. Um, I just said it out loud to Paul and Valerie at dinner last night. Like, I'm just feeling anxious today. And Paul looks at me and he goes, have you been grateful today?
1: <laughs> and I was like, okay, now you're counseling me <laughs> when I counsel to others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we call Which that we need. pastoring the yeah, pastor,
0: pastor, right? Pastor, yeah. <laughs> um, Have you been grateful today? And I was like, that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, in the midst of the negative situation that's going on, I can sit there and stew on that. And even, even though I was praying about it, mm-hmm. I hadn't stopped to give thanks in the midst of that. Yeah it changes things. Gratitude really legitimately does. And so like right there at dinner, I started to change my thoughts and try to be grateful and think it about what God narrative. was doing. And the anxiety lifted like immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thanks, Paul.
0: <laughs>
1: Thanks, Paul. <laughs> yeah. So let's bring this all back. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is what Makes us resilient. Do you want to mm. just say how it makes us resilient? Yeah, yeah. So if we're stuck in
0: negative thought thoughts, number one, we just aren't going to be <laughs> resilient, right? right. It, when when we're already thinking negative thoughts, when we let those spirals and trains go. Then when things come at us, when life gets hard. It just adds to the spiral. Or the <laughs> right? Yeah. It takes us down and things are going to happen. Hard things are going to happen in life. You know, we're going to get diagnoses. We're going to have people turn on us. We're going to um, lose jobs. Like They're, they're going to be hard, hard things. And if we have been trained or we have trained ourselves to let our minds just go from bad to worse to
1: the end this is the, the end, end.
0: <laughs> right to despair mm-hmm. if that's if that's how we've trained ourselves then when those hard hard things come against us they will take us down mm-hmm. But (laughs) we have the choice to train our brains in the everyday, in the mundane, on the good days. You know, if you're having a good day and someone cuts you off in traffic and you think negative, like that's the perfect day to start training your brain Mm -hmm. to think differently, to choose a new thought pattern, to allow God to renew your mind. Like, oh, God, you know, today's a good day. Why am I letting this take me down? Right. So if we choose that on the good days, on the medium days, whatever, then when we get to those hard days, this is going to be normal for us. And those hard days are going to be less hard. Example, right. We're in a hospital room. My dad is dying. They have just come in and basically told us. Say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, say goodbye. We could do surgery, but he's probably going to die on the table or we can just let him go naturally, right? Like these are your options. We can try, probably not going to work, or you can just say goodbye. So here I am with my mom and my brother in the midst of this situation. And we are aware at this point that probably my dad did not need to have gotten to this point.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: There could have been been medical interventions over the whole previous year that would have stopped where my dad ended up. The medical community let us down in, you know, in many ways. And so, in that moment, we could have spiraled. We could have chosen, like we don't trust this community. You have let us down. My dad is dying because of this. But in that moment, because This is what I have been training my brain to do for a long time. I looked at my mom and my brother and I said, this is our chance to be a light in this room. Mm -hmm. We do not know if the people that we are going to encounter the rest of the time that we're here are Christians or not. And we have the opportunity to show them Jesus by how we go through this process. And by golly, if I have anything to say with it, we are going to choose to rejoice. We are going to choose joy in the midst of this. And we are going to be gracious and kind. Mm -hmm. That would not have happened if I had not been choosing to train my brain for probably about a decade now. Yeah. You know, and that's why we see so many people just spiral in those instances, lose control, go to despair because they haven't trained themselves to think on the truth, to realize that, you know, when she says or when when. Um, Roman, the book of Romans says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then, you know, Rebecca pointed out, like, this literally means offering your bodies. Like, we don't know in any given day what we are going to be called to do. When we talk about being holy and set apart for God to use in every single moment, I have to choose. I'm going to use my body. I'm going to use my word. I'm going to use my attitude to bring him glory and to show him to others. And in that choice, like I'm his ambassador. Yeah. But it all starts with our minds. Resilience all starts in our minds. We will not be resilient if we can't control our thought life.
1: Mm-hmm. So good.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> ah, it's time to
1: Wrap it it's up. time to
0: wrap it up. Yeah.
1: We'll talk to you or see you, whichever you're, <laughs> if you're listening or yes. watching, we'll see you or talk to you next week again.
0: Yes. Yes. And we'll, and we'll continue this because we are going to think, we're going to talk more about thinking on the truth. And the only way we can do that is through knowing scripture, the truth yeah. and knowing scripture. So, so we will, we will continue this thought <laughs> the next time that we are together. Um, we'll, we'll finish this, but. Do you want to pray
1: for our listeners before we wrap up? Yes, I would love to pray. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, I just, first of all, thank you for every single Mm -hmm. listener that is listening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Lord, you know each circumstance that they're in. You know how hard the days are or or how deeply the thought patterns are ingrained. But God, we know that you are so powerful. Mm -hmm. We know that you can take each thought and you can help us to to take them captive. Mm -hmm. We just need to ask. Mm -hmm. Lord, so I ask that you help every single person that is struggling with this Mm -hmm. right now and help them to see the truth, see your truth, hear what you say about them Mm -hmm. Um, and what is praiseworthy, which is Mm -hmm. you. And so we are just so thankful for all the good that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I just pray that their eyes are opened to see it. I pray that their hearts have a posture Mm -hmm. of gratitude. And I I just pray your blessing and your peace over Mm. each of them. Um, God, and I thank you for Karen and for Grant, who works behind the scenes um, Mm -hmm. that help us be able to do this podcast. But we love you so much. Um, Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And we are praying for you all the time.
0: Um, You don't always get to hear it, but I wanted you to hear it today. Um, (laughs) All right. Till next time, keep looking Looking above. above.